coming to you from the last house on the left at the end of the baddest street in the whole USA. This is the Mad About Wrestling Podcast with KP. As always, feedback and comments are welcome. You can contact the show at madaboutwrestlingpodcast at gmail.com or on Facebook, just look up KP Love Puppet. And with that out of the way, what do you say we get on with the show? Alright, fellow Love Puppets, this is part three of me booking A&W with some of their stars and angles running from now up until November. I did part one, talking about CM Punk the other day, and then yesterday we had posted the part two, which was looking at the debut of Daniel Bryan. And here in part three, I'm going to talk about uh, Malachi Black, and if I was fantasy booking this with the company, how would I book Malachi Black from now until November? And... Then at the end, I'm going to kind of tie it all together a little bit because as I'm booking these, I'm running them all congruent to each other at the same time. So let's get on with it. We're talking about how would I book Malachi Black from now going into November like I did with CM Punk and with Daniel Bryan. So this Friday, we have Rampage, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody's thinking the big debut of CM Punk. And if you listen to the CM Punk show, then you know what I have happened right here. Darby Allen, early in the show, is talking with Sting backstage. They're doing, um, you know, Darby's telling him, hey, this is something that I have to do. Got to prove myself. You know, whatever it is that Darby has to say. And Sting gives him, you know, his full blessing to go and handle things like a man. Darby goes out and starts hinting. It looks like he's getting ready to call out CM Punk. The arena goes black. And all of a sudden on the screen, we see Sting getting his ass kicked by Malachi Black backstage. So that would take us into Dynamite uh, the week after next, or the next week, because right now as I'm recording this, we're just a little bit away from the Rampage show where everybody's expecting the debut of CM Punk, so that's where my time frame is on this. So on next week's Dynamite, you would have a, a pre-match promo, Alistair Black style. He's in, you know, the spooky cloud room, but this time he's wearing a Sting mask. And, you know, he can allude to how people wear masks to paint themselves, hide themselves with, you know, that's kind of the tagline of the promo being, you know, who are you really Darby Allen? Darby Allen wins a match or does a segment with Sting. Either way, if you want him in the ring getting some momentum, let him win a match. Either way, he wants to challenge Malachi Black to a match at All Out on September 5th. That takes us to next Friday. You let Malachi Black have a match where he wins. And then after the match, you have Darby come out and Black accepts the challenge. With, you know, Black's in the ring and Darby's up on the stage and they're having a little stare down. You follow into the following Rampage, which would be on Friday. The Rampage after the CM Punk debut. And this is where Sting returns. And he calls out uh, Black. And you do some, and this this would have to go down to how well the production of AEW can do these kind of things. But you would have a Sting searches for black type segments. You know, have him, you know, he thinks he's found 
Malachi Black. He goes into a clouded, empty, spooky room. Malachi's not there. You kind of do this throughout the show with Sting searching for him. And then finally, Sting goes into the room. He doesn't find Malachi Black, but he finds Darby Allen laid out backstage. And then you just kind of hear like an overvoice or Malachi just laughing a little bit off stage there. On the next show, you, you do a reversal where you have Sting and Arb. Sting and Darby playing the seek and find with Black, where you end up having Black trying to find Sting and Darby. And you run into kind of, kind of the same section where you get Black trapped into his little spooky cloud room that he likes to sit in, and he's trapped in there with a coffin. And when he opens up the coffin, it's him wearing a Sting mask. And then you hear Darby laughing off screen. Like I said, the exact role reversal from before. And that would take us into All Out September 5th, and I would have Black go over Darby. So Malachi Black wins, so he's already beat Cody, and now he's beat Darby Allen. And if you listen to the CM Punk show, then you know that I don't just drop Darby Allen off the face of the earth. He gets to work with Punk and rub shoulders with him and Andrade, but this is about Malachi Black. Between September 5th, All Out, and then the September 22nd, uh, big show that they have in New York City. I would just have like Black do some of his mysterious promos that he does, talking about who his next victim is going to be, who's the next guy that's going to feel his wrath, who's the next guy that's going to bow, whatever it is that he pushes with how he talks. Because I don't have a voice for Malachi Black. I'll be honest. I, I'm not going to sit here and try to impersonate a promo and speak the way that he does. But you let him run the little vignettes, and then finally. At the Grand Slam event in September 22nd, New York City, Black returns and he attacks John Moxley. So now you're treating Black like a star. He's already come in and worked with Cody, and then he worked with Darby Allen, and now you're going to put him in there with John Moxley, or that's how it appears to be. Because the following week, I would have Black attack Eddie Kingston out of nowhere. So now he's attacked John Moxley, and he's attacked Eddie Kingston. And we don't know why. And this would lead us to around September 29th, Dynamite. And you would have Mox and Kingston both come out. And then they're both calling out Black. And he comes out and he accepts the challenge to the fight. But he never says whether he's accepting Moxley or Kingston. So next week on Rampage, it rolls around around October 1st. That's a Friday. You finally get Black. And he it turns out he accepted the match with Eddie Kingston. And you, have, you can either have Kingston go over here if you want. Or you can keep Black undefeated and let him win. I would still try to keep Black undefeated and let him win to keep his momentum up. And then on October 6th, he's supposed to have the match where he had accepted with John Moxley. But he actually backs out. He ducks out of the match. He cowards off. Does not show. So now you have the crowd and the fans that are wanting to see this. They're wanting to see Moxley get his hands on Black. And now Black's backing out, you know, doing the whole chicken thing. And he doesn't have to be an absolute coward. He can just back out of the match laughing, you know, playing it off that it'll be on his time. However you want, he doesn't have to be a coward as he backs out of the match. You're just trying to get heat to get people to tune in next week. Because on Rampage, around October 8th, I'd say you were looking at a situation where you finally get Black and Moxley back in the ring, and they start their match, and they're just a few minutes into it. You don't want to give too much away on free TV with a match like Black and Moxley. So a few minutes into it, there's an interference. And Eric Redbeard, formerly Rowan of the White family, 
runs in and he attacks Moxley. On Dynamite, October 13th, and as I've done a lot of this booking and I've talked about things, October 13th is just a regular show on Wednesday night, but I put so many things going on on this show that it's actually one of those bigger type super shows that they can really build up and hype on this because I already talked about it. I was going to looking at, you know, you have Daniel Bryan appearing on the show to accept a match with Kenny Omega. Last week you had Eric Redbeard jump in and show up and attack Moxley. And then here on October 13th, you go to the rematch with Moxley and Black. And then Eddie Kingston's out there at ringside because we're not going to have, you know, Redbeard or somebody come running in. But Redbeard does show up again. But he's not alone because this time he has backup in the form of the man formerly known as Braun Strowman. And there you branch away from Black into Moxley and Kingston against Strowman and Redbeard, where you can start teasing off a Bray Wyatt coming in if you would like to look at reforming the Wyatt family type thing. But what this was doing is it's still keeping Black and featured angles against top stars. You don't have to job out Moxley and Kingston and everybody, but you've still got Black in the focus. And around October 20th, I would have Black start setting his eyes on Miro. Now, Miro I haven't talked about on either one of the other shows because I, I'm not booking the entire card, but I am going to touch on a little bit. He's the TNT champion. I would have him just keep running undefeated, dominant champion Miro. And then when you finally get Black coming in at the end of October and starts you know, setting his sights on Miro for the TNT title, you run Miro versus Black, and you build that up heading into full gear, and that's in November at their pay-per-view. Or if you want, because I'm going to have that to be a loaded card that I'm going to touch on here in just a little bit, you could easily have that set up to be a huge TNT Wednesday night show where Miro's defending the title against the undefeated Malachi Black. And that's where we head to going into November. And like I said, you can do it at the pay-per-view, or you can do it on TNT since it is the TNT championship. But that's two more months of Malachi Black where he's already came in, immediately worked with Cody, who's one of the top faces. We've seen uh, earlier tonight it was announced that he is going to beat the crap out of Arn Anderson's son. I'm not sure where they're going to run with that unless the plan is to bring Cody back. But with how I was looking at fantasy booking here, coming off the program with Cody, and then you work him into a program with Darby Allen, who is one of the rising stars of A&W. He's got a cult-like following. A lot of similarities into more of the darkish, uh, gothic-type thing that you can run with with those two. And then you're working him with Moxie and Kingston. Not to have a long-term angle, but it's to keep him on TV and keep something moving, keeping him fresh in people's eyes. At the same time, he's not jobbing out. You're not jobbing out Moxley, and he's still looking strong. And the whole time that you're running Miro as this unstoppable beast, you're heading into a collision of, basically, the immovable object meeting the irresistible force. Miro's undefeated. He's the champ. Black's undefeated. Those two guys who never got to cross in NXT that I'm aware of or at any other time, and I think they put on a banger of a program together. And that's what I would do with Malachi Black, working him from Cody with Darby Allen into Moxley. And then, like I said, with Moxley and Kingston, you can branch that off with into the Wyatt family type situation. And I don't know if they're going to bring in the Wyatts. I don't know if I would bring in the Wyatt family together. But if you've got Redbeard and Strowman, you've got the tease there, but you've also got a big physical presence of a team that has some star power that Moxley and Kingston can work with for a while. And even if it's short term, 
Redbeard may just be just, you know, they use him just for a few weeks just to kind of give Moxley Kingston something to do. Or you've got the automatic built-in lead-in to bringing in Wyatt and reforming that stable in some way or fashion. Now, I know that's kind of banking on trying to capture lightning in a bottle twice, and I'm not sure that rehashing the Wyatt family gimmick would be the right way to go. But story-wise, and what the fans know of the characters and of the wrestlers, it could easily be a lead-in to bringing in Bray Wyatt. So, where would that leave us as I'll wrap up the CM Punk debut, the Daniel Bryan debut, and with what I've talked about with Malachi Black here, and the other little things that I've touched on? Well, to do a quick recap, uh, you know, uh, All Out, September 5th, I would have uh, Omega. He still defeats Christian to retain the AEW title. Punk would have his debut against... Eddie, uh, Eddie Kingston, Black, and Darby Allen would go there. And I think, I know that tonight we saw Jericho lose to MJF. I don't think the Pinnacle versus Inner Circle feud is done. I think you could get another match at the all-out pay-per-view between Jericho and MJF where Jericho actually gets one over. Uh, but with Punk coming in and Brian coming in, you can kind of pump some of the steam. They don't have to force the Inner Circle versus Pinnacle on so much TV. But I still think that that feud itself has another month or so in it to finally get wrapped up. Because it's been going on so long, it has to be a violent, definitive finish. And I think we're probably running that to that October 13th episode that I was talking about. You could easily have like the 5-on-5 elimination match, Survivor Series style, Pinnacle versus Inner Circle. Loser is done. Losing team is finished. They have to disband. In the Daniel Bryan episode, I even mentioned that, like, the Grand Slam show that they have in September, you could have FDR run in and cost Santana and Ortiz attack title match against the Bucks. But either way, you move to October 13th to wrap that up on that big show on TNT. And that's where you have, you know, the elimination match, let it be violent, let it be bloody. It still has to come down to Jericho versus MJF, and that's where MJF goes over once and for all, finally for good. Jericho can go off and tour and disappear for a while and now MJF is positioned to move on up the card and as I talked about in the Daniel Bryan when I was booking that if y'all remember if you listened I had at the September 22nd show Daniel Bryan show up and help Hangman Page defeat Kenny Omega for the AEW title and with MJF coming off finally disposing of Chris Jericho and the inner circle I say Start running through October to November, building up MJF versus Hangman Page for the full-gear pay-per-view AEW World Title match. So, like I had mentioned, the AEW Grand Slam, run down how I had that booked. Like I said, Hangman and Omega finally having their big world title match. Daniel Bryan's debut, helping out with that. CM Punk's doing commentary for the match. It's chaos, but Hangman finally wins the title. You would have, like, the Bucks versus Santana and Ortiz. FTR attacks them. That continues off the inner circle. Pinnacle push into that final feud blow-off match. Let Britt Baker keep doing what she's doing. Um, I didn't touch on her in the bookings. I wouldn't focus on her, but I love Britt Baker. I think she's one of the top four women in the world in wrestling right now. Just let her keep winning. Let her keep steamrolling chicks. I don't care who it is. Just let her keep winning. At this show, as I mentioned earlier, this is where I had Black attack Mox. And you could have like Mox and Kingston in a tag match against someone like uh, Paige and Scorpio Sky. And then that got to, that gets us into October, where I, I've mentioned, you know, through the shows, that October 13th, Wednesday night, it's a big story-type show. 
Uh, you would have the Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle final absolute blow-off match. Uh, you'd let Miro have his uh, big moment there. Let him go over an Orange Cassidy or another guy. Just another dominant performance of me and uh, the TNT champ. And you also have, this is where, that's the show where I, Daniel, I, damn it, I'm doing it again. I can't get the damn name right. But that's where Brian Danielson would come back and finally say, yes, he'll face Kenny Omega. And then that's also, uh, 13th show was where you'd have, like, the debut of Redbeard and Braun Strowman attacking Moxley and Kingston. And then as I've touched on in all three parts, all this booking, all these ideas that I was running through gets us into full gear at the pay-per-view. Where you would, you know, you run Hangman Adam Page against MJF for the AEW title. You have Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson going at it in a absolute dream match. If you followed and listened to the CM Punk show, this is where I had him facing off against Andrade and yet another big time match of guys that can just really turn it up. You still let Britt Baker just keep whipping that ass. Uh, in my opinion, unless you're bringing in Charlotte Flair or you're bringing in Tessa. I don't see another woman right now that should be taking the title off Britt Baker. Let her go on an Amanda Nunez, Ronda Rousey-style UFC-dominant run like she's been doing. Just let Britt Baker keep winning. And so that has you a loaded pay-per-view there between, like I said, Hangman Page and MJF, Omega versus Danielson, Andrade and CM Punk. And then you still have, as I touched on the start of this show, Malachi Black and Miro. And you can have them at the pay-per-view, or you can have them on TNT. But either uh, way... That's just a banger of a match that I want to see. And that kind of does it for, you know, the three parts of the fantasy booking idea that I was looking at. And with ideas like this, if you look and see where I'm going with it, I'm using the star power of Daniel Bryan and CM Punk to keep eyes on the prize, to keep eyes on the show, to try to bring in fans that maybe haven't been watching or are looking to tune into the program. But yet you still have MJF and Hangman Page ended up being, you know, that's that's your top card. That's your main event. That's your world title match. So they're getting eyes on them as well, and you're exposing them to hopefully a bigger audience that have been tuning in to see CM Punk and with Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. I've got to get this name right. I swear it's annoying myself, and it's probably annoying you all. I'm sorry about that. And then you build into Miro versus Black. So you've got some stuff that you can work with right there, especially with the Pinnacle Inner Circle being out of the way. At Full Gear, you know, you can have MJF go over, become the new heel champ, when then you, you obviously have, you know, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan that right there to work with him. You would still have Omega, that's a world title contender. You have Miro, that's a world title contender. Guys like Moxley have the name value and the credit to be back in the world title. So you still have dream matches. You've got Andrade and Punk that, you know, would that not be a great match to see those two guys go at it? And it's something that people don't even think about. I've never heard anyone, as people are talking about the dream matches, I haven't heard anybody really mention Punk versus Andrade like I did. But maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just a match that I want to see. I, you know, we all have our own taste, but... This is just two months worth of booking, and you haven't wasted a whole bunch of matches, uh, dream matches. You know, you still have Punk and Omega, or you can do Punk versus Brian. You can do a rematch with Andrade, uh, Punk and Miro, or actually, or, or look, I think about the ideas of Punk against Malachi Black. And then there's still, you know, Daniel Bryan versus Andrade, or Malachi Black, or Hangman Page, or with MJF, or you let him keep working with Omega. You still have an Omega 
you know, if you wanted to give the title to MJF and let him run, you still have a blood feud that you can settle with Hangman Page and Omega. And there's so much stuff that different guys still have to do. And you talk about an inbound Wyatt, or as I mentioned with Daniel Bryan, Adam Cole coming in and attacking him. I mean, Adam Cole versus any of these guys, there's so much fantasy booking potential that people across the board are going to have all kinds of ideas. Uh, I've read someone who was fantasy booking where CM Punk turned out to just be trolling the entire wrestling world and just did commentary. Uh, I know a friend of mine that would love to uh, see MJF and CM Punk be, you know, CM Punk's welcome to A&W. And you can't go wrong with those ideas either. But this is just where I would kind of look at things. This is what I would do if, if they were like, hey, KP, what would you do with AEW from now till November? Those are the ideas that I would run with. And then you can still fill out your shows with guys with Orange Cassidy, Private Party, 2.0. You know, there's still room on their shows for Brian Cage, Christian Cage, Varsity Blondes, Jurassic Express, uh, The Dark Order, The Women's Division. I've only been focusing on just some of the top angles, but that concludes my three-part series on AEW fantasy booking. I do appreciate everybody who has been tuning in to listen. Uh, I've seen I've gotten some listeners coming out of India, so I don't know how to say thank you in India. So to those of you all listening in India, thank you. And again, you know, we've got so much excitement in the real world of wrestling. This, you know, CM Punk's supposed to be making his debut Friday. SummerSlam is on this Saturday, which is strange. You never get a SummerSlam on a Saturday, so I can deal with that because Sunday night I would have to work and I'd have to miss SummerSlam. So I get to see Oldberg versus Lashley. Yay, go me. I really can't help it, folks. I love to see a good train wreck, okay? But to kind of close all this out, I appreciate you all listening. Any feedback? Like I said, you can send it to us on Facebook. You can send it to us through email. You can hit us over at the Anchor website. But until the next show, and it's not going to be a fantasy booking AEW-centric, I have plenty of other ideas that I'm going to run with on the Wrestling World topics. Some fun ideas, some playing devil's advocate, some top ten lists, some different ideas. But thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed just some of the fantasy booking ideas and a little bit of thinking outside the box. But until the next time, stay a wrestling fan, say your prayers, and take your vitamins, brother.